Hello, 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 and welcome to another amazing session of Caretober. So today we have someone that is very special to me. I met her, I think about two months ago, but literally like at first meeting, I was like obsessed with her energy, how she just like, how she communicated and everything. So when it came to putting together my Caretober list, I was like, she has to be here. So we're going to cue the intro and then we will be back. Hey guys, Carrie here and welcome to the Visibility Playground podcast. The podcast that shares visibility journeys of entrepreneurs and teaches listeners how to use visibility to build their brand and attract an audience of raving fans and customers. Every week we will be bringing you stories and advice from entrepreneurs who've achieved visibility success, as well as helpful tips and strategies to help you grow and scale your business and really get it in the way that you always wanted. So join us and let's create a world where your story of your business is seen and heard. Laura! <laughs> Hello, everyone. <laughs> hey, girl. So I'm really excited to have you here. Um, we met actually speaking together on a panel. And literally the whole time she's speaking, I'm like, I just want to know her. I just want to know her. I just want to be around her. I was just like, I was just obsessed with um, your energy and just like how you, like you could tell like, how much you cared about the people that you worked with. And I think for me, just like, it was just so beautiful just to like see it and hear it and stuff. And I was just like, I just want to know all things about about you. So then like we had a kind of like a connection call and I felt like you just like knew my whole life story. And I was like, how does she know these things? And I think it was, um, it was really amazing for me because like I had never had somebody to like, see me um normally like i get i do that for all of our other clients but i have never had like someone who like understood like what i was going through what i was thinking and stuff like that and i just like i just think you're such an amazing person same same carrie i had the same feeling i remember exactly how we met in the summit and i was like watching everyone in the room i'm like i'm meant to be here to talk with these women and then i was like we we need to talk and we need to talk and i just I love being in that process of actually having genuine connection. And I think that that's something that's not taught very often, which is like, what if you really genuinely create a relationship with someone as opposed to like, who can I sell to? And I love doing that. I love meeting you and all your bright vibrancy and the exciting things you're doing in the world. So I'm excited to talk with you now. I was great and grateful to connect with you then. I can't wait to see what we all do together in the future. But thank you, Carrie. Thank you for having me here. Of course. Okay. So first question, um, because like, I'm still very new to you, but like, I'm obsessed with all things you. And I'm like, <laughs> how did I not like know this woman like until now? So like, kind of like, tell us like, how did you get into like do, being like a master sales coach? Mm -hmm. Ooh. So yes, I will be honest. I am that person, that natural salesperson. I did not have like a lemonade stand as a kid, but I did understand how to get my way, which I now was understanding sales. And so many, many moons ago, more than 20 years ago, I was in corporate doing a lot of big sales. Um, I sold like $4 million packages and programs. And I did events and lots of things. And I burnt out in corporate really early on. I think most people go through it, get to the burnout and leave. Um, and I left corporate 
And because I'm one of those types of people, I decided to build a um, real estate investment company because I was pissed off that my mom didn't actually do it on her own and she had been talking about it for 20 years kind of thing. So I just went and built it uh, and built that up into this multi-million dollar company. We had lots and lots of team, did lots of wonderful things. And then 2008, everything crashed, burned and fell apart. And I kind of had to re-envision myself. And I remember looking through my life and seeing where was the thread of what I did and what I loved. And what I did and what I loved was actually sales. And I do sales differently and I help all of our clients do sales differently from a place of love, connection and service as opposed to all of the sleaze. So I took it on as my mission uh, back in, I think 2013 was when I really claimed it to help women understand how to sell from a place that actually feels great and works so they can be fully empowered to have everything they desire. And about two years ago, I bonded together. I don't remember what the word is, but like my new business partner and I have known each other for years, decided to join together and build a new company called Sold. And what we do is we help women sell at their highest level so they can serve at their deepest level. And that's where my mission comes from. That's where my love of sales and all things great is, is because I learned very early on the sleazy, horrible techniques that were taught in corporate. And they never jived for me. They just didn't work. They didn't feel good. And so I built a new way to do sales without even realizing it. And I used it to build other thriving companies. And now I'm on a mission to teach other women how to sell that way. I love that because I think a lot of times when it comes to sales, it's one of those things that are, that is scary for a lot of people mm -hmm. because they're like, well, how can I get someone to, and I think the biggest question that I get a lot is how can I get someone to see the value of what I do? Mm -hmm. So like, what you want me to tell you how to do it? <laughs> tell, tell us your answer. Cause I feel like that's always one of the biggest questions that I always get when people ask about sales. They're like, I can't figure out how to, especially when you're doing a more high ticket. It's like, how can I get people to see the value of what I do? Yeah. So I think number one is understanding your value and the value of your services are different things. I think this is a big misnomer that is taught where it's like charge your worth. I think that's total BS because you are priceless and calculable. And when you tie your worth to your services, it really makes things messed up when it doesn't go well. So what I look at is this, when you use, we teach a five-step process for sales. When you understand what a person is actually buying, it is very easy to explain the value of what you're serving. So nobody with love, no one is buying your services. I don't care what you serve, you sell, it doesn't matter. No one's out there buying web design. No one's out there buying even a sandwich. Nobody is out there buying business coaching. What they're actually buying is help me get out of my struggle and help me get to my vision. You're their vehicle. That's just the way they're gonna get there. When you can explain how what you does gets them out of their struggle and gets them to their vision, they will understand if they want to pay that to get there and price also becomes irrelevant, especially with high ticket. Because I always do this, like when I go to buy things, 90% um, of the time I have no idea what the price of it is. What I decide is I'm struggling with this and I need this. Who knows how to do that for me? And I will go connect to someone that I know, like, and trust. 
And if I know them, like them, trust them, if I love with them, if I believe in them, if I can tell that they believe in me, um, I don't care what the price is if I can get out of my struggle and get to my vision. And when you can do that, it changes the value conversation. And that way people are not buying based on price, they're buying based on connection and they're buying based on getting out of struggle into their vision. Okay, so there's a big, I love that. There's a big question and I feel like it's a big, um, what would I call it? I feel like it's almost like two schools of thought has mm-hmm. shifted. Um, and I think, do you feel that that thought process, do you feel like it was escalated during COVID? Oh, very good question. So I think here's what happened. And I do think things are different. I think number one, people became more savvy because the way that COVID showed up, it became this heightened thing and everyone went into reactive mode. And so people did a couple different things. They either threw everything in the kitchen sink into their offers to try to make it so everyone would be like, okay, good, good, good. I'm getting a great value because I'm afraid and I don't know what's going to happen. And I think that actually depreciated the value of a lot of things because of the way it was done. I also think that people went into panic buy or panic save and started making different decisions. And we also had this wave of everyone kind of going online at the same time. I think like we've been online forever and you know, everyone uses Zoom and all these technologies and all of a sudden the whole world needed to be on Zoom and it changed things. So I think people who were for were never buying in this way started doing what I'm gonna call either panic buy or out like FOMO buying. And so they also became more savvy. And so we are experiencing everyone in their sister, brother, cousin, aunt and uncle seeing ads for services that were jam packed full of stuff and clicking and buying and not feeling like they got what they needed. And it's almost been like a rubber band snap. So now there's a lot of overly cautious buyers because things were artificially elevated. That's what I think has been happening. I will also say this, that didn't actually happen to me and my company and us because we didn't fall into that trap of trying to overcompensate so there was no snapback. And I think if you can, again, lead with love, lead with genuine connection, you're not having the conversation of how much does it cost or what's in it. It stays in the lane of, is this a genuine service that I can believe in? Are you a genuine person that I can trust? And does what you have gets, get me to where I want to go? And when you stay in that lane, it's a lot easier to sell your services and connect with the right audience. I like that because I think a lot of times, because I think for me, one of the things that kind of came up was I noticed that I think people are a lot more conscious of how they buy. Mm -hmm. And I think now more than ever, coming from a place of love or coming from a place of understanding is way more important now than it was before. Because I, be, I feel like before people came from a, from a place of what's in my offer, what's my features, what are my things? And that was kind of the selling, the selling points for mm-hmm. most people. But I feel like with the pretty much a six year influx in one year of people coming online, now there's a lot of people doing the same things that that you do now people have to be more conscious of like or thinking of like 
is this the person I want to buy from rather than is this the service that I need? Yes. And I think, again, that goes back to relationships. So when you are, when there's just a frenzy of people and you don't know who they are, it makes it hard to choose how to buy. So the more that you can sit in the seat of creating genuine connections, you can become a trusted advisor. It's going to make it so much easier for people to buy from you because it is hard. It's, there's a lot of noise out there. Like you can, I always like to say this, the best part about there being so many people out there is that we know what pe what's popular and what people want. But the hard part is there's a, like anyone can buy anything from anyone all the time now. However, what I know is true, and this is what has kept me steady through all ups and downs, and I've been through lots of ups and downs in entrepreneur land. The people that I am meant to work with actually are only able to hear what they need from me. Have you ever had that experience where like, you have a friend who asks you for some advice and you give it to them and they don't take it? And then all of a sudden they hire this person and they're like, oh my God, they told me this great thing. And you're like, I told you that for like five years, why didn't you do it? It's because I actually understand that I know who I'm meant to work with. And I know that the people I'm meant to work with, they actually can almost only hear it from me. So my only need is to be present and visible to my ideal clients. So when they're out swimming in the sea, they actually find me. Mm. And I think that goes great into my second question. Um, have you ever had fears around visibility? And, <laughs> how, and if so, how were you able to get over them? Yeah, so I love this question because I haven't. And I think it's, uh, I respect people who have struggles with it. And I was really thinking about this question of like, why don't I and what makes me, I don't mean different, but like, what is that so that somebody else can borrow it? So I think first and foremost, is I decided that I don't have a problem with it. And I know it sounds silly and I'm not talking about like getting over trauma or anything that has anything to do with mental health or anything like that. But I know that mindset is such an important key to what you can create in business. And so very early on, I know, number one, I'm a manifesto with human design. So I'm meant to inform, which means I'm really good at standing on stage and telling things to people. So I know it and I activate it. So I use it. Well, I say that like when I go to get on stage, do I get nervous? No, I get excited. I get genuinely pumped up because I know what's going to happen. So I'm starting to think again, like, why is that? And what do I get? I understand the benefit of what I'm doing and how it's going to change and affect people's lives. And so it completely removes stage fright. I don't have a fright to do this because what I want to do is I want to tell every single person I can possibly tell Here's how to sell and go make money so you can have the life you want. And that energy gets me in front of cameras, gets me on stage. And when I'm connected to that, there's absolutely no room for fear. Now, I think what most people get stuck with is not the fear of what they're going to say or how they're going to say it. It is what is someone going to think about me? And I will tell you a little story. It's a very short story. It's really just the end of the story. I remember many years ago, I was at um, a big live event, like one of those um, like big personal development events. And they do the things where they get everyone to dance and to clap and move all around. And I was like, this is so stupid. And the person I was standing with um, said to me, do you want to know the wealthiest people in the room? And I was like, yeah, I do. And she said, and I don't know if we're allowed to curse, but I'm going to cite it. It's the people who don't give a shit. And I was like, 
Oh, and I started watching who was dancing and clapping and looking stupid and silly, who was moving to their own beat, who was up out of their seats. And there was this line where I could tell the difference between just people who were participating and people who didn't care. And I just decided to practice it. And I was at a live event and there were probably only like, I don't know, maybe 50 people there. It was a very small event. So everyone could see everyone. And I watched when somebody put some music on, there were a couple of us moving around. So we just like, I have no rhythm and nobody cares. I can't sing, I can't dance, it doesn't matter. But I was moving and I look around the room and I notice the eight speakers at the event were all moving. And I also knew all of them and I knew kind of what their businesses were looking like. And I watched the people who weren't thriving in their businesses kind of sitting still. And so I made it a decision for me, I don't give a shit. I can go up on stage and say all the wrong things and I'm still gonna get clients because of my energy. I don't care what people say. I don't care what they think. I also think it has something to do with the fact that I'm 45. I know that I've mostly had that most of my life. There were some times in my 20s I didn't. But when you have things that are really important to do in this world, there is just no room to care what other people think because it's really none of your business what they think of you. And when you can activate that, it frees you to stand on stage and say what you want to say. I like that. So you were able to kind of get over your your fears, I guess, like in your 20s. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. your 20s was kind of like where you made a decision to like to go one way or go another. Yeah, because you know what? It wasn't, I, I won't, I have such a hard time identifying with the word fear, but I think I know what you're saying. I just would maybe wait or put something like she knows how to do it better than I do, or she's great at this, but not me. I think there was just a point where I decided to stop letting what other people were doing or thinking affect me. And when I was able to click that over, it gave me freedom to go do stuff. I think it's part of what I love about sales is Sales has done a lot behind the scenes. So I can bomb in a sales call and it's just me and the other person and no one knows. And I think what happens when things are so visible, if you think about like standing on stage or doing a Facebook Live or doing a post and you can see that no one responds, you put meaning to it that it doesn't need to have. What I know also is some of my best and brightest and most amazing clients have never commented on any of my posts. They have never watched any of my lives but they have bought from me. And so I remind myself that when I go put things out, what I do is not dependent on the feedback to it. That was what I think clicked over for me. It was less about being afraid to be on stage or not. It was more about re what people respond. I don't take it into account. Even the best stuff, like receiving great compliments, that can also feel as uncomfortable as receiving no compliments. So I let myself be very neutral to any response. I just stay in my lane. My job is to step up and speak out and serve people. I like that because I think it's like I think it's important for people to realize to know that as humans, there is a sense that we always have, and even you had at the beginning, you just able to flip it, is that we want to be accepted. We want to to, mm -hmm. to have belonging. It's a natural. It's a natural desire for every human. But it takes it. It is big part is mindset. It takes the thought of being able to to reframe the message and asking yourself. For me, a lot of times, what I try to do is ask myself, 
if I don't, what ha- what will happen? Mm-hmm. So I'm like, if I don't show up, if I if I'm not visible, what will happen? And for me, what I learned that will happen is that my clients will feel they have permission to to do the same. Mm. They're like, well, Carrie's not showing up right now, so I can kind of let me go disappear for a little while. She won't notice. Mm. I love that. And I think what happens too is if you can do the both and like what will happen if I do and what will happen if I don't, it's a great motivator. And you just made me remember something else. I, it's very easy for me to stay behind the scenes as it is for me to be in the front of the room uh, because we get busy, we do things. I know if I, I wanna be careful I say this, but I need to go do something, I publicly post about it because my commitment to myself, my commitment to if I'm saying I'm gonna do something, I'll do it is very strong. So if I know I need to go do like, six Facebook lives, I'm going to go put out a post that says, I'm going to be live every other Monday at three o'clock. And as soon as I put that out, I honor what I said I was going to do when I go do it. So I think it's also important to know for yourself, what are your motivators? I think a lot of times people are very uncomfortable to do things by themselves. There's a reason why I have a business partner. It's more fun. It's easier. If we're going to go do a live, it's easier to go get on a live. Like you and I are having a conversation right now. This is fun and this is easy. By myself, it might feel a little more weighty. So I think if you know how to help yourself be motivated, it will help you actually do the things you are meaning to do. And I like, and I agree. And it's funny because I always say that a lot of times. I always like, I was like, I love speaking. I love speaking. But like, my favorite part of speaking is having that time where people can ask you questions mm-hmm. because I know that like sometimes for me when I'm preparing my presentations, I'm not thinking about all the different facets of what I might know. I'm just thinking about being able to deliver information. Mm-hmm. But the moment that somebody gives me the opportunity <laughs> or asks that question, it gives me the opportunity to dive deeper. So I always tell people, like, ask me questions. What do you want to know? Because a lot of times I can give you way better information that way because now I, under, now I can, like, go into my brain vault and pull out a piece and be like, oh, here you go. And, I'm, and then I'm like, oh, that was actually kind of smart. Where did that come from? <laughs> yeah, put yourself in, like, the seat of success. Set yourself up to succeed. Do things the way that naturally feel good to you. You, as a projector, you're meant to respond. So if people ask you questions, it puts you in your brilliance and it lets you go do things. So for you, having that second person there is going to almost always feel better. I love that. Okay, so what do you um, what do you what do you have coming up? Lots of good things. Okay, so um, this, these are those moments like plug yourself, and I don't always believe in that, but I do want everyone to know. So my business partner and I, we have our company called Sold S O U L D. So it's Soul and Sales together. And one of the things that we do on the regular, and I know we have one coming up this month, which is a challenge for our manifest your mastermind. So if you're in October, which is also AKA October, um, you should come and hang with us. What we help you do is help you figure out how to envision what a mastermind would do inside your business, how to create it, how to market it, how to sell it, and how to facilitate it. So if you want to, you're welcome to come join us. Um, it's soldincinc.com. And all the things that we do, all of our resources are there because what we really want to help you do is access your natural way to sell. Like how I would invite uh, Terry to go do some outreach or message with some people is entirely different from Tina or Sarah or Janet or Amy. Everyone has a different style. And I think what happens is we get caught in thinking we have to 
do what the sales guys say or the sales gals or anybody else. And what we like to help our clients is really understand from internally, what's your sales archetype? How should you be putting your offers together and how do you put them out there so that it actually works? Because you should not be, what is it? I think salmon swim upstream. They're like the only fish that do that, but everybody else is a fish trying to swim upstream and that doesn't feel good. Don't do that. Keep things easy because when they're easy, they will actually work. So you said something about sales archetypes. Mm. How many different sales archetypes are there? Mm. So we match to the elements, earth, air, water, and fire. And so we have four sales archetypes. And it's basically whether you are naturally a person who sells with your fire energy, that's me. I am, I'm a passionate, emotional person. And so when I sell, I'm in like, girl, we can get this done. This is amazing. Let me activate your highest vision. And I talk from that place and that activates people. And when anyone tries to be like me, and that's not how you are naturally, it feels false. It doesn't work and it doesn't land for your people. Um, if you are a strategic, like an earth seller, an earth empress, what that means is you are about strategy, order, and organization. And so when you sell frameworks and systems and you start with point A and go to point B and you explain that in your sales conversations, your people are going to connect to you. Uh, if you are water, so water is all about rejuvenation, it's reconnection, it's a lot of rewords. When you are soft and caring and soothing in your sales conversations, people will buy. And air, air is about ideation. So uh, this is great for people who sell um, a lot of actually even strategic things when you can be like, oh, I have lots of ideas for you to design your brand or to create this. When you're in ideation, people are buying their ideas. But the most important thing is if you are acting outside of your natural archetype, it will make sales feel difficult. When you activate your natural rhythm for selling and your archetype for how you show up, it just makes things easier. It lets us know like some of our gals, especially in water, a two-step sales process is perfect because they go deep with people. They really connect in. This is for some of our gals who do proposals. Um, our gals who do earth, if you try to just get someone excited about something and you give no framework and then people don't buy and you can't understand what just happened, it doesn't match. If I told you a framework and a process, you're going to be like, that's boring, Laura. I don't want to buy from you. But if I tell you, here's how we can build the sun, the moon, the stars, and the skies together and you're brilliant, you're going to start to believe in this and you'll buy. It's also going to make me feel good with selling. So that's what we do with our archetypes. That's so cool. It's very cool. That's super cool. That's super cool. Okay. Um, and so I know they can go to soulinc.com and then mm -hmm. we're going to find you on social media. Yes. Okay. On social media, I am Laura Wright Official because there's lots and lots of Laura's. L-A-U-R-A, Laura Wright Official. And we are also The Sold Sisters online. S-O-U-L-D, Sisters, The. Easy ways to get to us. Um, and we're also very accessible. My business partner and I are real live humans. If you message us, we will respond to you. <laughs> I love that. All right, guys. Well, I hope you understand why I love Laura. I hope you understand like why she's such a amazing person. And please like check her out because like I am like, I love anything about archetypes. So I'm like, ooh, speaking my love language. Mm -hmm. um, so please follow her. And I'm going to chit chat with Laura. And I will see you guys for another amazing person that I get to share during Caratober. Thank you. Bye.
Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Visibility Playground podcast. If you're now like, oh my gosh, I'm ready to dive into my visibility, or you're just like, I just want to assess where I am in my visibility journey, take the Visibility Vitals Check Quiz. You can go to www.visibilityvitalquiz.com. I will make sure that I put it in the show notes, but make sure that you go take the quiz, DM me, let me know how it went. Talk soon.